So the context of my message this morning is we must discern between the work of the enemy and the work of the Holy Spirit. Who's, who, who, who likes that? But the next statement I want to make is that we must be ready for a day of God's great power and prevailing presence. Write these words down. You've got to understand these two words. There's a difference between vulnerability. Write that word down because you're going to have to look down at that to make sense of what I'm saying. There's a difference between the word vulnerability and insecurity. They're the two words. Write the first word vulnerability down. And then the second word is insecurity. You've got to understand those things. Because God is a God of paradox. He says the church is, is a house and a city, an army, and then a bride, a building, and a body. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are radically different from our own. Everything he does is to display his glory and majesty. He is not seeking a powerful people to represent him. Rather, for all of those who are weak, he's seeking actually for those who are weak, despised, written off, and he inhabits them with his own strength. Somehow he can use weak people. Somehow he can use people that are not full of themselves, prideful, because he draws close to the humble. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you're sitting there, you're not feeling like the ant's pants, you're not feeling like you've been at the Sheraton for five days, and you just feel like an ordinary citizen, well, I'm here to tell you that God may be able to use you in Jesus' name. Is that cool? Praise God. He has not come to give strength, but to be strength, to us as we relate to him in weakness. So as we relate to him in weakness and are humble, he comes and is our strength. I love this. This was all going to be on PowerPoint, but I'm going to read it out to you. He fills everything with himself. He is our joy, our righteousness, and the power of salvation. Say the power of salvation. He is our joy, our righteousness, and the power of our salvation. And you got to let that happen. It's in you. This dormant, latent potential is in you. And, and I've got to try, and the Holy Spirit's got to try, and God's got to try, and fan into flame this gift that is in each one of you, the gift of salvation, the gift of righteousness, the gift of all this latent potential of all the fruits of the Spirit, the giftedness of the Spirit, what, however you're wired. It's in there. When you receive Christ you receive the latent potential to be an earth shaker, a nation changer, a mover and a shaker. Amen? Do you know what I'm saying? When you got saved, you inherited this nuclear reactor. This nuclear reactor to make you a new creature in Christ. The old is gone. The how you walk, how you talk, how you live, how you showed yourself, how you manifested yourself is all up for grabs now in the Holy Ghost. Do you know what I mean? You can be entirely different, just like I am entirely different right now in Jesus' name. Before the Holy Ghost grabbed me, baptized me in power, I became someone that is highly volatile to give testimony to God. Amen. And so when I go out, wherever I go, no matter where I go, it could be government house, it could be a corporate setting, it could be the marketplace, it could be the sports world, wherever I go, something comes upon me, even if I'm grabbing a coffee from a cafe, something comes out of me, the river of life, and I give testimony of Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? And it flows, not in a weird way, I don't get weird and look at people weird and 
you know, I, I just shoot the breeze with them more so than ever I would do in my natural self. Because usually in my natural self, I'm very shy, say shy. But in the Holy Ghost, I'm bold in Jesus' name. And I don't care who you are. You could be the mayor of Gosford. You could be the mayor of Wyong. You could be the president of the United States. And when God comes upon you and causes His Spirit to flow through you, you give testimony to God. You pray, you believe, you stand, you smile, you're friendly, you're kind. God's Spirit is moving in you. Amen? There's a difference between vulnerability and insecurity. God's called you to live a most extraordinary life. All the trials and all the stuff that you go through of life is to teach you, write this down, is to teach you total dependency in God. Every situation you go through, your loved one's sick, your loved one dies. Your flat tires. You, did we get a flat tire the other day? Four cars in the street. How did that happen? I don't know. Um, everything that happens to you is designed that you may have dependency in God. Who's, who's dependent in God? I tell you, you know when you're dependent, when you're a family man, you've got three kids, and God asks you to go to Bible college and lay down your employment, you're on a 10-year plan to pay your house off, you're five years into it, and then God says, I want you to go to Bible college. This is 1990. And I said, thank you very much, God, but let me do five years more, and I'll have enough super to pay my house off. And then I'll go to Bible college, Lord. I'll take the call. But God's on my case. He's in my ear. He's on me. He's around me. And then eventually I have to concede. Say concede. Acknowledge. Say acknowledge. I have to acknowledge that this is a sacred call. And I must be obedient to remain with an open heaven over my life. Who likes an open heaven over their life? Oh, come on. Nothing worse than being in a place. Apparently, some place... I've known missionaries have gone to Russia and they've gotten off the airport and it's like a vacuum. Just dead. Africa can be like that. Uh, some people want to go to Africa, but I'm telling you, be prayed up, have your own open heaven over your head because I've heard one man actually crumble. Literally a man, not a, not a great man of God, but a Bible college student wanted to do some missionary work. He goes with this great man of God. He wants to carry his bags. Please, sir, please, sir, take me. I want to go to the mission field. And he turns up in this village where there's demons and stuff, all sorts of occultic stuff. And at, during the night... He comes trembling into the man of God's tent. He says, I can't take it anymore. I can hear things and I'm freaked out. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's something that we've got to understand that God wants you to... Let's get into this. There's a difference of vulnerability and insecurity. He calls us to do the impossible. He called Julie and I to do the impossible. He demands that we see the invisible. He demands that you see them. If you would have had me drive before God got me and baptized me, if I drove by this property, because I lived around this property six years previous, or eight years, nine years, ten years previous, to actually seeing what God wanted to do on this property. But if you'd shown me this property before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and showed me that God wanted to build a church and do all this great stuff on this land. 
there is no way, no hope in heaven that I would be able to even believe it, see it, or do it. God asks you to do the impossible. God demands you to see the invisible. God thrusts you into difficult situations. How would you like to have been called to release one million people from, a, from an occultic, oppressive regime to release these people out of bondage? Moses was. He pulled it off. What if you were asked to build a boat so large that there's not a large enough body of water to float it and then to fill it with every species on the planet? No wonder it took Noah a hundred years. What if you were asked to take the most fortified city in the world with a week of silence? And on the last day, shout to those walls. And the archaeologists say they've found the city and the walls have been impregnated down into the ground. What if you had an army? How would you feel if you had an army and God reduced it to 1% just because he liked the way some men drank the water? Effectively reducing your odds from 1 to 4, 1 to 400, the enemy's way. That's learning a lesson of insecurity and vulnerability, but hopefully learning a lesson of dependency in God. Do you know what I'm saying? Insecurity. Say insecurity. Insecurity only allows for unbelief. Say unbelief. Little lesson here. Insecurity only allows for unbelief. Insecurity stymies you from moving forward with active faith to engage the world in great exploits or any manifestation of doing what God wants through your life. Insecurity allows you to look down upon your life and see, see your frailness and shortfallings. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like Numbers 13.33 where the Israelites said, in our own eyes, we look like grasshoppers. In the promised land, they're supposed to be taking the land. But in that land, in that whole suggestion and provocation to take this great world, this great inheritance, they look at themselves in their own flesh and only see their shortfallings. That's a lesson of vulnerability versus insecurity. What about vulnerability? Vulnerability is this. Vulnerability is understanding God is quite okay about sending Phil and Julie like lambs to the wolves to build a church. He's quite okay and confident to send you back into the world because he's so confident that he can look after you, protect you, preserve you, and bless you, and work through your weaknesses, Roy. Look at Roy up there. Not completely happy being up there, but he's doing it. And he's rocking. So great to hear that. It gives a guitar buddy. Thank you very much that you've put your insecurity to the side. You're standing in your vulnerability, and now you're depending on God. doesn't take too much 
uh, discernment to realize that, that Roy is not completely happy playing guitar in public, as I would not have been either. And that's why exactly why I didn't play for so long. So good on you, buddy. Vulnerability is standing in the glory of God, knowing your weaknesses, but understanding the sovereignty of God and understanding in your weakness, God, His power, His spirit, His anointing comes upon you. And like the Apostle Paul said to Corinthians 12, 9, where we can rejoice in our weaknesses. We can actually rejoice. You can rejoice. Right? You can actually rejoice. So, buddy, smile. Yeah, this is awkward, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock for Jesus. And you can do that through the life of your church. You can do that out there in public. When we are vulnerable, we see our inadequacies in the light of God's sovereignty and power. God, if you think I can do it, I'll give it a shot. I can do it. When we are vulnerable, we see our inadequacies in the light of God's sovereignty and power. And we discover hope and faith. When you put yourself out there, that's when you, that's when you really discover hope and faith in God. And without hope, without faith in God, you can't live this most extraordinary life. Like Paul, we do. We rejoice in our weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon us. Isn't that great? The point there is the whole point of vulnerability is to bring us to a place of restful dependence in a powerful and overcoming God. Can we give it up right there for Jesus right now? The whole point of vulnerability is to bring us to a place of restful dependence in a powerful, sovereign, all-loving, kind, good God. Being vulnerable as opposed to insecurity, the lesson we can learn is to be able to know that God just wants us to incline or recline into Him and trust Him. Peacefully, confidently be at rest in him just just kick back a little bit in him someone said jesus is your crutch you know you know you use religion or jesus no man he's my wheelchair man i'm just i'm just yeah he's my vehicle he's my car he's he's everything i'm just in him and he takes me he he transports me he moves me I have my being in Him. I'm moved by Him. I do by Him. I live by Him. I talk by Him. I, I live by Him. I act for Him. It's all for Him to give Him glory. Hopefully, if I can displace the insecurity, hopefully if I can displace my own will, hopefully if I can displace that insecurity, I can walk vulnerable to Him. What if I blow it? What if I embarrass myself? What if I hit the wrong chord? What if I upset things? What if I... God's power is upon you. See, we look in our, in our life, we look at people's flesh, their junk, their insecurity, but God loves us 
completely, immensely, wonderfully. He loves the treasure. He loves the jewel in you. You know, man has a propensity to take the junk away from the person. But God, Jesus, looks at the treasure in the man. He looks at the treasure in a person. He spoke to Gideon. I am with you. He didn't say, Gideon, you're shy, you're bashful, you're criticizing. Gideon, he's hiding from the Midianites. He's hiding and he's, and he's, he's upset about it too. He's angry. He's a resentful man. It happens every year. Like we plant, we, we plant, they come along and they take our harvest. But one day, God's angel comes to Gideon and says, I am with you. I am for you. Mighty warrior, I'm speaking to the potential in you. And even then, when he questions, the next phrase, the next scripture is, but I am with you. Oh. Imagine having an angel. How much rocking would you do if an angel just come directly to you? Mighty man of valor, rise up and preach the gospel this Saturday at Westfield's. In the car park, in the forecourt, would you do it? But if you said, oh, look, I just... But then the angel says, but I am with you. Would you do it then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what happened for Gideon. So Gideon had insecurity, but then he made himself vulnerable. And now he's got dependence in God. This can be done. And we know the story of Gideon. Man wants to take the rubbish away from the people. Say, look, you're going to rock one day. Look, you're going to be a great guy. Look, I see a lot of potential in you. We just got to get all this rubbish away. We got to strip you. We got to rebuild you. We got to put you through processes. Uh, You know, we got to we got to really believe for a miracle. We got to release you in Jesus' name, deliver you, set you free, and then we can use you. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus said, come forth, Lazarus. Then take the grave clothes off. Come forth, Ray. Come forth. Come forth. Come forth. Then we can take the grave clothes off. Do you know what I'm saying? God, he loves the bride in us. He loves, we're the bride of Christ. So I don't want to lose anyone here because this is some deep theological stuff and the men are going, the bride of Christ, help me. And you're visiting, you haven't been to church before, so I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be careful now. Um, and, and, but you are the, Jesus is the bridegroom. He loves the bride in us. And he loves us absolutely because of that. He loves each and every one of you, people that are saved and born again. There's nothing that is causing any sort of grievance right now to the point where he's just, look, he's disheartened with you, he's discouraged, he, he's there for you, he's coming, his mercy is new every morning, his mercy is new every morning, his mercy is coming at you, he's giving us time, he's giving the church time to repent, do you believe that? He's giving us time to repent so that we can, you know, get filled of the spirit and be his church in these last days, there's so much latent potential in the house of God, the damsel is not dead, worldwide the church, the damsel has been dead, Jarius is it, Jarius says, my daughter is dead, Jesus, would you come, Jesus comes, the people mock him, she's dead, Jesus, look, we've heard of your great miracles, but it's too late, 
and he's being mocked. Jesus is being mocked. You can't resurrect him. You can't resurrect her. You can't resurrect them. You can't resurrect that church. Jesus said, she only sleepeth. A lot of people just sleeping. And the latent potential is in them. The latent potential is right there. Even you, son. God's latent potential is in you to do some serious rocking on that guitar. Oh, yeah. But insecurity might displace you. But if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and say, God, I am a bit shy, man. I'm not completely comfortable to go public with my rocking. Guess what happens? That dependency in God allows you to be hooked up in a powerful, powerful way. And then you can't do you can't do nothing other than rock for Jesus. You've got to do it despite, just like Roy's doing it. So it's probably time you... Is this guy rocking in the youth band yet? Nearly. What's the nearly business? Is that in the insecurity uh, category or is that in the dependency? Yeah, that's cool. I'm nearly done. Is that cool? Insecurity as opposed to vulnerability. Insecurity just lends itself to unbelief. No forward motion. It stymies you, in fact. Insecurity stymies you. There's no forward action. No fruit. You can't touch anything. You can't revive anything. You can't do anything. Vulnerability is a different thing. Vulnerability says, I recognize my weakness... Jesus says, thank you very much. I can draw close to the humble. I can't speak. I can't do. I can't say. I can't serve. I can't give. He says, right. If you depend on me to do what you want, to be obedient to me, I will anoint you. I will bless you. I will strengthen you. And you will do all things in Christ who strengthens you. Okay, I'm nearly done. 2, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Do we have at least that scripture? Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Vulnerability is given by God to release His presence, which builds self-esteem and confidence in God's sovereignty. Two, insecurity occurs when the enemy twists our soul to reduce our self-esteem and causes us to focus on our shortcomings. Is this speaking to anyone? I'll say it again. Vulnerability is given by God even as a gift to release His presence so that you might have self-esteem and confidence in God. I love this stuff. Insecurity occurs when the enemy twists our soul to reduce our self-esteem and cause us to focus on our shortcomings. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, say power, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power, say power, might rest on me. Verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. In pimples, I don't know why I said that. 
in a bad hair day, in, some, in, in my clothing that I'm not entirely happy with. I say that because I used to grow up with secondhand clothing, uh, pants that were four times too big because I was supposed to grow into them, but they always wore out or got a hole in them within the first three weeks. And I, I questioned this even as I thought there was something wrong with my attire. Uh, even as a five-year-old, I'm questioning about going out and visiting my mates and I'm saying, these pants are just, there's something wrong with them. I mean, I was groovy before anyone else. I had three-quarter pants down here, man. And, and sometimes I'd ask, Mum, what, what, uh, aren't we supposed to be a bit tighter, you know, a bit fashionable? She says, no, son, you will wear into those. They'll, they, 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 the pants are expensive. And so there was a poverty attitude there. But it was, it was, it was just like this embarrassment doesn't exist for a five-year-old maybe. But it did. Especially when you fell over and, and your pants sort of swam around you and you didn't, couldn't afford undies in that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Some of you people didn't, don't realize what it was to live in the, um, in the after years of the war when things were... <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Judges 6, I will be with you. I will be with you. I am with you. 2 Corinthians 6.17 could be my last scripture. Therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. 2 Corinthians 6.18 I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Since we have these promises, and I love this, uh, Jules, this new product from Phil Pringle. Uh, for, and these are promises from God, and you can buy this. It's in a great little little container here, little covering. And these are promises that Pastor Phil has written and produced on a great piece of uh, yeah, piece of uh, wonderful work there. <laughs> I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything, insecurity. Let's purify ourselves from that. Let's purify ourselves from lack of confidence. Uh, let's purify ourselves and believe in these promises of God. And look at these promises. Through God, we will do valiantly for it. He, will sh he, will, he shall tread down our enemies. I am the Lord who heals you. These are the promises of God. When you make yourself vulnerable to God, when you decide to trust in God, you can believe in these scriptures. And I find this amazing, this wonderful... You, you can carry that around and... Uh, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them, it says in Mark eleven twenty four, Matthew eight seventeen. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isaiah forty one ten. These are the promises of God that you can have when you depend in a mighty sovereign God. Who's with me on that? When you depend on the sovereignty of God, this becomes your path. This becomes a path with a light shining on the promises of God. You can walk out your days being vulnerable in God, not insecure, being vulnerable in God, but being dependent, trusting, being at peace in your sovereign God who can lead you in a most wonderful, powerful life. Who's with me on that? Insecurity comes down in Jesus' name. And then you can start to read these scriptures to yourself. Pray them, speak them, think them, write them. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you, Isaiah 43, verse, verse 2. Fear not, say fear not. 
For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the flames, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Romans 8.28, all things, all things, say all things. All things work together for God to those who love God who called you according to his purposes. 1 John 1 9 for if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us Lord. Cleanse us from insecurity. Cleanse us from unbelief. Cleanse us from doubt, I pray in Jesus' name. Romans 4.11, those who believe, say that, those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. God bless you guys.